0: Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. Welcome back to another installment of Humanized with Blue Toulousma. And today, my guest is my good, good Judy, uh, makeup artist to the stores, uh, a <laughs> momager to who I think is the next Zendaya. Your daughter's going to be a star. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. We, we yeah, all know that at this part. Yep. And basically just an amazing human being, Monique Navos. woo And this time, guys, for the first time ever at Humanized, we have a studio audience. Hey. <laughs> This is amazing. Okay, wait a minute for a quick second. Can you put the camera on me so I can see my... There we go. I just need to make sure that I don't look as tipsy as I feel. Uh, for full disclosure, if y'all are like, hey, Blue, why do you keep on um uh, having guests with the same shirt? It's because it's the same day. It's called production, guys. Um, Now, Monique, <laughs> I am happy to have you on the show because the original here. intention of the episode that we're doing in February is that they were all going to be around love and, you know, it's Love Month. Yeah. And I wanted to have a couple because last year I had a couple. And I was going to have you and Richard. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, Richard Neville's uh, from Insecure is Monique's husband. He's very handsome. He looks like Tupac with And I was going to have you guys as a couple talking about that. And then I, I stopped and thought to myself, I know Monique is an individual, but I know that so many people in the industry think of her as Richard's wife and I love my friend and she can stand on her own because you are spicy <laughs> as fuck. And okay. I wanted you to have a moment to talk by yourself. Yeah. And I think there's something so powerful because a lot of times when you think about Valentine's month, you think about love, you think about couples, you think about a duo. Right. So the first question that I want to ask, we're going to jump right in. Okay. I'm jumping all right, right in. Go. How? How long have you been married, Flex, real quick, to the kids? 16 years. 16 years. Y'all. That's longer yeah. than Instagram and Facebook and all them things. Yeah. 16 years of marriage. Yes. And you still like him.
1: Thank you very much. Give yeah. me that? She still likes her husband. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Today. So, today I do. Today, today, right.
0: Today I do, yeah. I think a lot of times, and I think I told you this when we were uh at dinner. Was it last night? We were just at dinner last night. Last night, yeah. Oh god, yeah, my life is fun. Um I mean, last month. At dinner last night, I was I was talking about how when I'm in relationships, no matter how heart- heartbroken I am, I'm always relieved to some degree because I missed me. Mm-hmm. I always give myself up into a relationship and mm-hmm. I don't come back to myself until I'm out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship and still remain myself. Mm. So my question to you, we're starting off light. Okay. How do you, um, That's I, that was me being sarcastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, How do it. you maintain your autonomy in a long-term relationship? How do you still remain Monique and not just Monique and Richie? I
1: don't know if I do, if Ooh, that makes sense. That's real. Sense because i've been a wife since i was 19 a mom since i was 20 and so in that i have to navigate what makes monique happy mm. and i go in and out of does this make me happy or does this make the family happy mm. so i have a hard time sometimes finding my autonomy for me if that makes sense
0: yeah and and have, have there been any moments where you felt like in share as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. We feel like you lost yourself completely. Absolutely. And how did you like peep that, oh God, I have completely become a mom and a wife and I've lost me.
1: Because I'm not happy. Aww. Like nothing had, would make me happy. When Usually they always make me happy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'd be like, well, nothing is making me happy, why? Okay, now I need to sit with myself and find what's really going on and in that I find that, okay, I'm doing everything for everyone else, now I need to kind of take some time for me. And that's what this year is all about for me is really like finding myself and what It's your Jordan happy. year. Yeah. Yes. It's my Jordan year. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to find myself.
0: It's so interesting because whenever I ask, I'm like, Monique, how did we meet? Because I really do like a part of me was so confused. I was like, I love Monique. I have no idea how I know her. Like, I've been trying. I was like, Monique, how did we meet? And you were like, girl, I met you at VIP at Cardi B's birthday party. Yeah,
1: I was twerking on my husband.
0: First of all, can we just talk about what a Hollywood way that is to meet somebody? (laughs) I don't know what's worse—the fact that that's how we met, or the fact that I didn't remember that's how we met. I think both. Oh, nice. Thank you, friend. Yeah, yeah. You know what it was? Because I I was that. Here's the thing about Cardi's party, right? I don't care who you are in Los Angeles. Cardi's party is almost as hard to get into as Issa's yacht parties. Monique has been to both. Flex, friend. Flex, flex for the camera. <laughs> just this yes. last year. Just, you know, just one. Hair flip. <laughs> and so when I got invited to Cardi's party, it was because her best friend was my co-host, Jason Lee. Mm. So it was like, okay, I'm Jason's friend. We get there and I'm literally, we got there early because damage Michael my co-host was like, we got to right. get there early because everybody's right. VIP. Right. The gag is there's no VIP section at Cardi's party. No. Because everybody's VIP. Right. So people who are never. No, there was like a little roped off. It, but it wasn't it for was like, like the super vip it was like weird like was, the avengers yeah, some shit right yeah so yeah. we get there early and the guy behind us waiting in line was the one who like helped her sign her first deal with some shit he's like why am i in line i should be i was like sorry everybody's vip we get in there and we're roped off in this extra little bougie section ot genesis it was a dance hall party it was dancing to every song for four hours mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of vitamins <laughs> that man is on but who can dance, the dance to everything song? Crib walking everything for four hours straight. Yeah, and then the whole cast of Love and Hip Hop is just kind of like wrapped around me. I'm like, I'm not on VH1. I would like to go to the bathroom. Please let me go. Yeah, Monique's from Love and Hip Hop is sitting on my lap because it was only one chair and I had it. <laughs> She's like, Well, if you have the only chair, I'm gonna use your lap as a chair. <laughs> so at this point, I'm feeling overwhelmed. No shade, no tea. I'm watching LMA very awkwardly try to uh, do a butterfly. That I looked more like a stunted giraffe. It was not great. <laughs> I'm happy she's not a dancer. Uh, Tiana Taylor was making me feel like I should never eat carbs again. Right. Like the whole scenario was so overstimulating, and I was like, "This is so fun, but it's also very industry." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I wish I could just be at home in my pajamas right now, just like." But also, too, I had eaten some shrooms. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I had some shrooms earlier that day, guys, and I and I underestimated how strong they were. So I was also seeing colors and stuff. It was it was a wild <laughs> night. So in the midst of all this, dance hall music, all these random (laughs) celebrities, X, Y, and Z, I look over behind me, and there (laughs) is Monique just busting it on her husband. (laughs) And I was like, that's Richie. That's clearly his wife. Hopefully. Right. (laughs) Hopefully. Relationship goals. Because in the middle of all this industry bullshit, you guys were just two people in a bubble having a good time. That's
1: us everywhere. Like, no matter where we go, we're
0: always going to have a good time. I want one. Teach me your ways. How does how does one get a, a fine man in LA who actually is gonna stay faithful well, to you? Well, we didn't meet in LA, I guess. Oh shit, I'm fucked. Okay, continue.
1: Yeah. So, but continue he's meeting. born and raised in LA, but we didn't meet in LA. We met in the Navy. So.
0: Also, discipline was kind of part of the structure already. Yeah,
1: but not for men. And then discipline like that. <laughs> men, men do not live
0: by that. You're gonna hear first, guys. Men in the Navy are hoes, according to. Hoes.
1: <laughs> no. Hoes. <laughs>
0: like actual. Be
1: careful, ladies. Really? No, for real. So,
0: so you, how did you train him out of his holdum? Train him? <laughs> These are hard-hitting questions, okay? I guess, I guess my pussy. I don't know. Oh, shit. Say. Okay, this episode I has already know. gone off the rails. So... <laughs>
1: what the no, fuck? I think because we met like so like very fresh in the military to where we both No girl. Like, you that whole I, I heard the first <laughs> answer.
0: The show's called Humanize. You ain't got a lot of kicking on the show. Okay, so what I heard is monique said she had that wet 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 and that's how you got him. Um and uh at this point I'm gonna talk about something that I had not initially planned <laughs> on talking about I'm still thinking about how you said my pussy is that your answer when you get when you get nervous by the way probably just like I'm a stripper like that's like oh, my yes. answer to everything if anybody hits out with Monique be very very careful <laughs> this is how I know that me and you I was talking to Sarita <laughs> in the previous episode about how I knew our friendship was faded I feel like our friendship was also faded yeah. because there are several inappropriate jokes I've been making my whole life that were waiting for Monique to make the, the punchline my entire life, I've been saying when I, I would go to a cashier and have a bunch of ones, I'm like, "I'm sorry, I've been hanging out with my stripper friends." Last night, me and Monique go to dinner at this bougie place. She goes to the valet, pulls out a bunch of ones, and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a stripper." And I was like, "You're my stripper <laughs> friends. I knew you before I knew you. Yeah. It's beautiful." It wasn't meant to be. But like, how do you? And I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my words very carefully because we're having fun. I'm also very tipsy. But like last night, we had a very. Honest conversation. Yeah. And we talked about this before, so I have consent. We because consent is sexy. Isn't that right, Sarita? Sarita's in the audience guy. She's back. How yeah. consent is sexy. And last night we had a very, very honest and beautiful conversation about a topic that a lot of blogs and sites make a lot of money about, which is interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. And you were very honest when you said a part of me because richard is so successful insecure is, is such a, a a a popular show mm-hmm. beloved by all of black twitter mm-hmm. and you were like a part of me wonders if he'd be even further in his career if he had a black wife yes and as your friend i almost wanted yeah. to cry yeah because to me you're such a good wife and like you're such a good person thank you but then i then i did have a moment this is where me being a pundit comes in of when i said monique that's a really valid critique because a lot of the actors in this town, mm-hmm. they see having a non-black wife as a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Like, well, oh, I made it. I got to find me somebody who's like a Kardashian, right? Right. And my stance on interracial relationships has always been, are you running towards love or away from the black community? Mm-hmm. If you're running towards love and you you just happen to fall in love with somebody who's not black, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. But if you just think that a non-black person is a status symbol or you hate your blackness or you've exotified proximity to whiteness, then I think that you're a bit of a coon, right? Right. And with you and and Richard, he fell in love with with a dope person who's one of my closest friends and it had nothing to do with race. Right. But how do you navigate understanding that black women who feel a way about a sexy, successful black man having a non-black wife, their pain is valid, but- your relationship is also valid. How do you navigate respecting them but also, like, speaking your truth? I know. It's a heavy oh, question. It's My hard. bad friend.
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like he gets it the most on Twitter. I'm not mm. on Twitter at all. Right?
0: Is that why you're not on Twitter? Because you
1: don't want to hear it? I don't. I don't, like, to, I, I'm not, like, a huge talker. So I don't. The tweeting for me. And sometimes when I first started it, I was tweeting and no one was saying anything back so i felt alone oh, <laughs> i was like this isn't me you. i don't i don't have one no okay. it's fine um but i feel like that's where he gets it the most but people don't he doesn't post about me people don't know me there mm-hmm. whereas on like instagram where most people are or like even in the industry i feel like once people get around me they're like Every time Richard shows up, they're like, "Where's Mo?" He's like, yeah. "I'm also an individual." They're like, "Right, but where's Mo?" <laughs>
0: like, I mean, we, we want to have fun with. Because Richard's actually the, my friend. I met Richard first, and then I met Monique, and I haven't <laughs> <I was laughs> seen Richard since. I'm so, <laughs> Richard, I'm so sorry. I still love you, friend heart. <laughs> um, but no, you're you're very lovable. But like, do you ever have moments where you meet somebody face to face who has the the cojones to tell you that they have a problem with it?
1: No one has ever told me like directly. It's in the their their body movement or their gesture. And I feel like it's they might be like closed off to mm-hmm. me, too. And then once they kind of see me and who I am and I'm around, you can kind of see them lightening up around me.
0: Oh, so they start off a little bit tense. And then yeah. they're like, okay, oh, cool. Let me chill the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get offended or hurt by it?
1: No, I think I hurt more for him. Explain. Because I feel like he's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. He is. And I... I it go back and forth with if maybe it was different for him, he would be further along.
0: But what did I tell you last night? I said, Monique, number one, that's sweet that you even acknowledged the privilege of and the optics of and all that other stuff. Right. But I don't think you're the reason he's not further along. I think the black men who have disdain for black women who intentionally pick non-black partners, it's their fault. Right. If those men didn't exist, then Richard could fall in love with whoever he wanted without having any slight. Yeah,
1: that's what you said to me yesterday. I was like, oh, it's my the aha moment for yeah, me. It's, where it's I was not like, your fault. Oh. It's them. Yeah.
0: Like, you, you're suffering for the optics of somebody else's poor choices, right? Right. Like, somebody else who has self-loathing and hates their community and X, Y, and Z, they did that, and you're being mistaken for that, but you didn't create that. Right. How did I feel hearing that? Because I, I feel like... You know, black women a lot of times are not shown showing grace to people who are in interracial relationships. Why I wanted to have this conversation with you on camera, mm-hmm. because I'm still extra pro-black. Yeah. I always talk about being Cuban, but still very black. Yeah. And folks are always thinking that black women are going to see an interracial couple and be like, oh, my booty is are going to clench. My booty cheeks are only going to clench if you're a coon. If you're a good person who fell in love with another good person, I'm not gonna clench. Um, do you ever have moments where you confront the elephant in the room? Have you ever said something like sis, Are you like you big mad, or do you just like act uh, polite?
1: I just be polite, kill them with kindness. Myself, I just am really just myself. Oh, you are
0: I... nicer than me, girl. Yeah, I'd like, "But you got problems." Like, I, you're <laughs> much nicer than me. God knew not to make me uh, cute and non-black because I would I would I would get canceled all the time. Now, the thing that I love about you is that we've been friends for. I don't even. When was Cardi's birthday? So I feel like two it, years
1: ago. So every time Cardi's the birthday,
0: it's our friend anniversary.
1: Yeah, it's our friend anniversary. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, October. Yeah. is her yeah, birthday, right? Yeah, October eleventh is her birthday. Yeah, yeah. So it's been two years already. It's been. It was twenty twenty one because I didn't go to the last one because it was like a burlesque. It was. I didn't go to that
0: one. I didn't go to that one either. Yeah. It probably wasn't that because we weren't there. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we they bonded over is that like. Our names are, I think the name has evolved. We are the pH balance goons. Serena, goons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've added the word goons to it, by the way, friend. Yeah, goons. We're the pH balance goons? Yeah, yeah. The pH balance P. goons. Yeah. Because pH balance means we're pure hearted, mm-hmm. which means we are in the industry. We, we know a lot of people who are um, celebrated, i.e., celebrities. Mm-hmm. We don't give a fuck. I just like people. We just like them. Our friends just happen to be famous, but we don't really give a shit. Yeah. And one of the things that we bonded about is the anxiety we have around that. Mm -hmm. When you love somebody who happens to have have a Grammy or happens to be on the Oscar or whatever or happens to be on a big show, everybody assumes you're there for a look. Right. And then you have this anxiety of almost like, how do I prove to her that I don't give a fuck what she does? I just like her. Right. I'm still grappling with that because you and I have talked about how one friend that I loved. Yeah got Hollywood on me and I had to like kind of Mm -hmm. mourn the friendship Mm -hmm. and you, I'm not going to share your business, you Mm -hmm. have some very major friends as well Mm -hmm. who you've had to navigate around. Mm -hmm. Where are you on that path of figuring out how to show someone you love them in spite of their success, not because of it? I don't know. I think when we were talking
1: last night, you brought up what we were talking about and um, it it made me sad because I don't know how to be or come to anyone other than who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it hurt my feelings, the fact that people don't think I am myself, but I also get it because this industry is full of people who just do things for optics, yeah. and I'm not one of those people, yeah. right? Like I don't, I don't I don't care.
0: To give context to the audience, the conversation that I had with Mo was about someone who she was no longer as close to as she would have liked to have been because people in that camp saw her as a threat and Mo was like confused because she's like I'm just chilling minding my business trying to hang out with my home girl right. how am I a threat right. and I pushed back and said no Monique you are a threat Yeah. because in any industry not just Hollywood any industry where there's high stakes high, high regard lots of money at stake there are going to be people who are opportunists and those opportunists right. are operating from a place of fear and manipulation Right. love and fear cannot occupy the same space so if you're somebody who loves them that means if you see something some funny shit if you see them being manipulated, you're going to be the naive friend who's like, girl, what's what's that over there? Right. And you simply loving them and being honest could completely destroy a house of cards that a manipulator has built right. around them. So when you are a pure friend, the manipulators will take you out first.
1: Yeah, and you you told me yesterday that like my Mars was in Gemini and then my whatever yes. else is in Aries. So Oof. I think something and then I, I
0: will say That's it. That's the goon comes from, guys. It's yeah. all the Aries is Gemini and her so, church is um,
1: So I feel like I would maybe say something and I, I understand it now that you kind of put it into context for me it still hurts because yeah. i just like
0: being having it's fun and being around because people because you were run. like yeah. I, I always say this abundance will only be offensive to scarcity we took
1: it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth
0: Someone who's coming from a scarcity mindset who sees you as a threat is accurate. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to realize that all those people who I was like, I'm a nice person. Why are you worried about me? They were accurate. I was being naive and not realizing that I actually was a threat to what they were doing. Now, how do you navigate friendships now? Because like Sarita, who we had previously you have all the people in your life who have all this attention and you're probably someone who's more behind the scenes. Do you ever have moments where you are like, damn, I may I should go to like Target and find some friends in aisle six? Like, it's, it's LA. Yeah. Everybody yeah. kind of is in the industry. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's
1: hard. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't feel like that because that's not really.
0: It's not you. It's not me. They also probably would be, I was going to say something. I mean, I'm going to shut the hell up because it's the alcohol. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to when I tell you, if y'all understood just how much uh, smooth Jamaican rum is in my body right now.
1: I know. I'm trying to get where you at. Let me.
0: Sip, take a sip. We're going to take a small sip break, guys. This is what We should call it the slurp breaks. We're going to take a small slurp break. Hold on. Pause. You nasty. I love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you nasty bitch. I love it. Oh, snap. I just realized they had a new announcement that Facebook is going to start demonetizing people who swear. There goes the show, guys. Um so one of the things that I have on this list to talk about because it was a long list of things that I want to talk about really and we only had we only have an hour so we gotta do like rapid fire like, okay peep, peep, bam, bam.
1: I gotta think faster
0: no you don't have to think fast at all because the rum got me slow <laughs> this topic again I love things that are provocative but brave okay this topic is the one of the places where you squared up at the table like you squared up like you wanted to fight somebody not me because you love me we were talking about what I say polyamory versus monogamy oh yeah ah, that was yeah. I love how messy this show has become. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing, guys. For full disclosure, I tried to be poly for about a decade, but I was only a third. I was a unicorn. I didn't want to share my partner, but I'd be like a third for somebody else. <laughs> and what I learned was every time I, I tried to have a threesome, they would break up and me and the other person would end up dating. Right. So that's why I would never have a threesome in a relationship. Right. And I was talking about how when you have a lot of poly friends, they, they mimic monogamous people when they're being judgmental mm-hmm. monogamous people say uh being uh, anything but monogamous is un- unnatural and x y and z and they act superior right then you go to the poly community thinking they'd be more open minded and they say the exact same thing right and what we were talking about was what is natural is subjective and personal to each person saying to the entire world that your way of doing things is the only thing that's natural you all sound like assholes right Everything is natural to different people, right? Right. right. And so as someone who's tried to be poly and who sees the complete validity of that, I know there are folks who I'm like, no, you are definitely supposed to be poly. This is a high integrity way of you living. And then there are other folks who are monogamous but got cheated on, so now they're pretending to like pussy. Let's call a thing a thing. Welcome to the show. So... How would you feel now that you've been married for 16 years? Mm-mm. How would you feel if he said, hey, babe, it's nope. been a while. Girl, let me finish this oh. You see how she's squaring <laughs> up right now? How would you feel if he was like, baby, I love you. I found the perfect third. Let's spice it up and do something on vacation, maybe. I'd fight her. Ain't wait, hey, wait. Do you, you fight who?
1: Whoever he's trying. The I, poor lady on the, the lobby? It, it would be, listen, for me, I, I know myself enough to know that Um, I'm very territorial, and I could never share my dick. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I can't do it. If I were to even sit there and watch another woman kiss my man in front of me, I'd be grabbing her by her hair and trying to fight her. Well, the devil's
0: advocate says, "Well, wouldn't you want to like be turned on by another woman being pleasured by your man?" No,
1: I like being pleasured.
0: Why would I want someone? No, would you want the audience is getting upset? Are you guys okay? (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the booty clenching from the studio audience. He said no. Is, is this what Andy nope. feels like? Oh, my nope. God. No. I'm, I'm, well, I'm being the devil's advocate, but the joke yeah. is, is the devil, devil always need an advocate. Right. So here's the thing, right? The people who do this, another thing, you know, I'm, you know I'm pansexual. Right. In the queer community, especially considering most of my friends are men and half are straight, half are, half are, are, are same gender loving. I have a lot of same-gender loving male friends who say it's unnatural for you to think that my dick only to have a home one place and right. we whatever. Right. For them, they think that love and sex can be completely separated. Right. A part of me wonders, though, is there something... How do I say it? Is it selfish, is their question, to tell your partner that I'm supposed to pretend to be everything that you want because it's an 80-20 rule? Do you think it's selfish to not... Give your partner the opportunity to find joy elsewhere while still coming home to you.
1: Well, after sixteen years, I think my partner should understand where I'm at. Explain. Does that make sense? No. Like, elaborate. like he, I, I feel like to have that conversation, he knows how I would feel.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that conversation, he knows would be like, it ain't. It's not. It's not gonna
0: happen you guys by the way me and Monique actually agree on this I'm just being devil's advocate <laughs> but the level of steam that I feel on the stage <laughs> my, I'm not my cheeks safe they're probably so getting red your, your face just turns so yeah. pink yeah and you know the thing too is that like some of us find being territorial sexy mm-hmm. I have several friends who are like when they're having sex and he's like whose is it they're like it's yours daddy oh my god like some people right. like that shit right, and, right. I, and I think that I think for me the lesson that I've learned is not to kink shame yeah. For some people, monogamy is their kink. Having to re-examine and relearn and renegotiate with the same person over and over again is their kink. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it's you know having somebody. It's boring. You
1: know, yeah. yeah.
0: And I I would say this too, because I've been oversharing all month, so why stop now? As someone who's been to sex parties and who's in the kink community for a while. Some people were doing it in a very empowered way. Like I, I do think that my the play parties I went to back in the day were sexually healing mm-hmm. because I had been I had an eating disorder. I had I, I remember I was five eight, 150 pounds, and a doctor in Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm from, told me I was obese. And they put me on, on a strict diet and they dieted me into a hundred-pound weight gain. Cause when you diet that extremely, your metabolism is so fucked up you gain weight, right? And so I remember being a regular sized perfectly healthy person and due to medical racism and all types of stuff feeling like I hated myself. Me now, I probably love myself now more than I did back then but a part of it was because of when people are fucking you and making you feel good and making you feel beautiful you're like, they ain't nothing wrong with my body. Right. So there is some validity in sexual healing and that's why the King community was really kind of precious to me. Yeah. But when you're lying in a bed and it's just all types of weird genitals in your face and not everybody's pheromones like yours. (laughs) Part of it like, this is nasty. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Right. Could you ever see a scenario where if your child, let's say, you have a daughter and a son, right? Mm-hmm. If your child came up to you and said, hey, mom, hey, dad, I think I might be polyamorous. I want to be in a throuple. How would you respond to that? Live your life, baby. Really? Yeah. So you wouldn't mind them bringing their t- her, t- her two boyfriends to the house? No. If that's if it works for you,
1: it wor- it works for you, and that's great.
0: See, I wish more people thought like you yeah all right speaking of being empowered into your body um i want to have a conversation about uh, a thing that happens to a lot of women especially as they get past 30s and then 35 and then they get older there's a lot of conversation around women feeling fulfilled Mm -hmm. and women feeling beautiful past a certain age angela bassett was at the golden globes a couple weeks ago she's what 50 something 60 going on 12 like She's a, she's not a real person at this right. point. She's an avatar to me at this point, right? right? She's so stunning. I, I said earlier, it confuses me. Right. But a lot of women have been told that you have to get nipped and tucked and do all these things in order to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. You are someone who is dating a traditionally attractive man mm-hmm. in what is considered the most shallow industry in the world, mm-hmm. in the epicenter of where that industry lives. Mm-hmm. How does that feel about how you see yourself as a woman? Because I feel like part of Valentine's Month, people think about love towards others. I want to talk about self-love for a second.
1: Yeah. I feel like for a while, I actually considered getting my body done to fit into the mold of what society views me
0: as as a wife, which is really fucked up. But that's
1: the facts. And then I
0: got to a point. Pause for a second because cause I, I literally felt your energy shift when you admitted that. yeah, what space were you in when you were considering that?
1: a negative not loving myself hateful space mm. for sure did you,
0: did you share that with him?
1: Yeah, for sure yeah i would i I always say like I do my I would uh, tell him excuse me if I got my body done, it would be for me. It wouldn't be for you and be for anybody else. It'd be for me. but deep down inside, it would be. For the optics,
0: right? Mm. So, you just said a word because you said that you would have said that it was for you and not for him, but deep down it's had to be for the optics. I think part of the body positivity movement that we don't want to admit is that some of you are lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I believe well, we lie my, to ourselves. Yeah, right? like, it starts and, there. and people are going to be shocked to hear a big girl say this, right? Mm-hmm. I like myself because I fought very hard to like myself. Right. I went to the trenches and I pulled myself out. I sometimes am in a room with other women of different shapes and sizes. I'm like, you're you're all fucking lying right now. Like the energy is like, they're being very performative saying, oh, I love me. Anybody, I'm a badass bitch. Right. I'm calling cap on a lot of that because you'll say that every bitch you know is beautiful. But if your boyfriend breaks up with you, the next girl he dates could be an eight out of 10 and you're going to pick her apart. Mm -hmm. Which means you know how to pick people apart. Mm -hmm. You just lying to your Mm homegirls, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think... Part of the body positivity movement that makes me nervous is people are lying to feel better rather than admitting what's going to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you say, hey, I'm a big girl who is like, I might want to lose weight next year, but right now I'm going to love my current body as I phase into that. Mm-hmm. Instead of pretending you like yourself and then you show up like a year or two later, a size six and act like nothing happened. Right. Perfect example. And this is not not to shade anybody. I don't want to get in trouble. Adele. We loved Adele, right? She was beautiful. Right. One of the things I loved about Adele was she never pontificated as if she thought she was perfect because when she lost the weight, she didn't feel like a hypocrite. Right. There have been people like Monique who spent her entire career calling people skinny bitches. Skinny bitch, skinny bitch, skinny bitch. Not you want the, the actress Monique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day decided to work out, and now she wants to be a skinny bitch herself. When people call cap, a part of me kind of feels conflicted because I'm like, no, some of these girls in the body positivity movement, they're not faking it till they're making it. They're self-righteously lying. Right. And then flipping the script and acting like we should all f- pretend that they-, they were big. If I ever lose weight, I'm going to tell y'all why I'm doing it. I'm not going to pretend. How do you reconcile loving yourself in the present tense but not lying about how confident you are?
1: It's a lot of self. I, I feel like for me, too, Is I had a lot of. Negative talk about me and my looks, my body, from a very young age, right? So Mm -hmm. that dealing with that, and then obviously the industry, everything, and like I said, I go, I was going, not now because I'm a lot better now, and I'm just like, I give myself grace. Like I know I want to lose weight. I know I want to. I just want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Do I care about the number? Absolutely not. Do I want to look in the mirror and be like, I fucking love that. That looks you look bomb yes I yeah. do and no matter what number or where it is that I feel that that's where I want to be but because of that I've had to cons- it, it goes in and out because I'm constantly battling with that with myself but that I think that that stems from like a childhood trauma that mm. I then have to like weed out within myself
0: that's so interesting hearing that coming from you because Monique anybody who's watching us on YouTube and seeing your face you could be a Kardashian cousin like you have what is considered like the look that is of the time Mm -hmm. so people might have some cognitive dissonance looking at you Mm -hmm. and saying how could you possibly when you're considered what's it right like your aesthetic is what's considered popular Mm -hmm. is there a part of your brain that doesn't latch on Mm -mm, you guys mm -mm. I'm looking right into the camera you guys this is how body dysmorphia works it doesn't matter how pretty you are it doesn't matter how on trend you are if you don't feel it Mm -hmm. you don't feel it yeah how did that when I said when I mentioned that your face changed what, what were you just thinking just now
1: I I mean, it's because I think like when I was feeling good and doing all these things, there was like People in my DM Saying like Why is your husband with you You're a fat bitch Like what's going on Whoa with whoa whoa, whoa that? Wait, no, wait, what Yes Send me yes, that information Yes So No it, no
0: send me that, Send me screenshots Okay Yo wait. I fight for my friends I'm gonna be right now I might be in the most <laughs> no, I, I, so I'm also a goon Go I ahead. posted
1: him And people got at him And I don't think he has It, it was a man And he A does, man A man yes And I don't think He has an Instagram I decided anymore. for
0: 2023 I'm not gonna call men bitches So I'm I'm gonna refrain From saying what I was thinking Go ahead yeah, We're in
1: February You got this You, okay. you got it
0: You got it I love- <laughs> Monique, I love you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, so you know, even when I was feeling good, I felt like there was something like that dragged me back down, and so then I had to fight back that childhood instinct to like negative talk myself. I'm I'm good now. I'm better now, a lot better, and I know that I I just have to love myself every, choose to love myself every
0: single day. This just shows you that they always change the goalpost. Right. They'll tell you you need to be a certain, like, color. Like, perfect example, there's colorism, right? So you meet a girl who's light-skinned. Oh, but she's light-skinned, but her hair's nappy, so she's still not good enough. Or you meet a girl who's supposed to be thin. Oh, you're too thin. You look like a a Jiminy Cricket in in a bikini. You're not good enough. Then you meet a girl who's slim thick. Oh, well, your your titties got stretch marks. You're not good enough. Like, the goalposts constantly moves which is why at a certain point i kind of respect this that she stopped crying and started saying fuck it yeah I, I think at some point you gotta be like do i like me or not nah? right and honestly too a lot of people who sometimes talk the biggest shit are they hate themselves right now for you it's complicated because you're not just dealing with your own body positivity stuff you're a mother to a girl a model you're date, you're mm-hmm. you're raising a young black girl in the industry. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel any kind of responsibility or weight from that? Huge. Because everybody, and we all make the joke, I even made the joke earlier, that, oh, she's the the next Zendaya, right? Like, she looks very much like her. She's an amazing actress. Yeah. And we saw how how Zendaya's parents beautifully helped her navigate so that she understood her privilege and used used it well, but also loved herself. How do you raise a mother, like a daughter in this age? If I got pregnant Mm -hmm. tomorrow, I would hope it was a boy. Because raising girls in 2023 sounds like the pits.
1: It it's hard, but I will say that my daughter, because of what she does, she has a lot of confidence in herself, mm-hmm. and she never talks about her looks or her appearance. Where girls her age already are talking her about. No,
0: she's pretty, child. Yeah, They're hitting right now. Yeah,
1: so uh, well, she's homeschooled, so. <laughs> she you know oh, i love this
0: <laughs> she's like uh, her classmate. classmate i'm her classmate oh. okay that's a good cheat. <laughs> um
1: no but she she does and she she holds herself to a i don't know how to explain it she's she's just amazing i don't know i don't know how she does i don't know what i did right mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm doing right i just know that she is out there doing what she loves to do and found her passion at a very young age. And because of that, she stands in her power.
0: I love that. Yeah. I I feel like so many people think I'm wise, but so many of my guests are so wise. And it makes me excited because... A lot of times people act like being emotionally intelligent, being introspective, being thoughtful, that these are like unsexy things. You can still be fun and ratchet and turn up with your friends. Monique be twerking everywhere we go. Everywhere.
1: I love it. Monique my be thanks. twerking
0: everywhere we go. Serena be practicing her works all the time. All my friends be out here getting it, right? But they're still thoughtful and wise. And and I think it's kind of important when we do this show to show that you can have fun. You can be sipping on um Jamaican rum. Uh, slurp break. Hold on, guys. Should we make slurp noises for the ASMR people? I don't know how to do Damn. that. I'm slurping the rum. It's so good. That's all I can have a lecture. It started to Clarice real quick. I'm not good at this guy. <laughs> this is why. That's why I said, uh, I don't yeah, know. It's not. It's not my whatever. Like, I, I love that people are learning that you can be fun and sexy, but still be introspective. Because it used to be back in the day, the archetype was the deep girl and the pretty girl. Mm -hmm. And now the pretty girl is deep. Mm -hmm. And now the deep girl is pretty, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're one of the conversations that we had recently that really spoke to me was, um, I've been really open about how when my aunt passed away, it it, it fucked me up. It fucked me up really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And how I didn't know she had died, but I was on this plane. I'm in first class, only black person in first class. Anybody who's ever had a little bit of a coin and been in first class is the only black person, you know very specifically what that feels like, right? Everybody's like, are you in the right section? And out of nowhere, we're flying above somewhere a sacrament something and all of a sudden i start crying sobbing 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 a week later i found out that i was crying at the exact moment that my aunt was dying of cancer mm. didn't even know she had cancer because she had kept it a secret when you talked to me you said that when your grandma passed mm-hmm. you, out of nowhere you just started crying as well
1: yeah i was and i was driving home from Sacramento. It's funny you said Sacramento right now because that's where I'm from. Am I channeling? This is yeah. what alcohol does.
0: I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so um
1: I was I was driving home and I knew she was going I couldn't be there when she passed. And at five o'clock I was driving down the grapevine and I had a, like an extreme anxiety attack and yeah. I said she was passing and that's what time
0: she passed. I'm not gonna cry because alcohol makes me emotional. Pause, pause. Now the thing about it is We're saying aunt and grandmother, right? Mm -hmm. And we think these words mean certain things. But we know that when you have a non-traditional family, your aunt could be your mother. Because my aunt was the one who raised me until I was seven. Because my my dad was in Cuba. My mother was in Haiti. Mm -hmm. Nobody raised me but my aunt. So when I say aunt, I say Mm -hmm. first mother. Yeah. Your grandmother was your mother. She was my mother, Yep. When you lose a matriarch, to cancer in particular, Mm -hmm. one of the controversial beliefs that you and I share is that Sometimes can- diseases like cancer come from all the pain that we swallow. Mm-hmm. Like my aunt put everybody first. My mm-hmm. aunt was a mule to the family. My
1: grandma was too. And I
0: was, I'm convinced that's what made her sick. I'm, yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Mm-hmm. I think the cancer came from literally it ate away at her because she never put herself first. Right. What lessons do we learn? Because they say that life is about evolving, right? Right. We've watched the two women who raised us themselves last to the point of we believe causing them their lives right but then you and i here we are at our big ages putting ourselves last Mm. so i'm not gonna cry at what point do we like end that cycle i'm currently ending it now oh i need a tissue can somebody hand me a tissue real quick you can you can continue talking with um system.
1: um I'm currently doing that now I said that this year is the year that I put myself first yeah and even these last couple of days that I'm choosing me my family's trying to f- navigate
0: Thank you, love.
1: you know what it is to be you know for me putting myself first because they're not used to it yeah I'm not used to it I'm still like I'll just stay home and in bed with you guys and have game night and you know which things that we, I still love to do with them but I'm this year is the year that I put myself first and I choose me. Mm-hmm. And so I know I once I can choose me and fully love me and fill my cup up, I'm able to have a full enough cup to fill everybody else's up.
0: You better, you better preach. And what's yeah. hilarious is as, as Monique is sharing this, and I'm dabbing my eyes because this makeup cost too much for me to fuck it up. <laughs> sorry. I look cute. Yes. Okay. It's so funny, I kidnapped you yesterday. Yeah. And we had a a fun time. It was amazing. We were watching the sunset on the mountain at the bougie restaurant. Then we we went to Home Goods because I'm over thirty guys, so Home Goods to me is the after party. Such went to Home Goods and spent money on overpriced pillows and such. They're we're having pretty, all this though. they had some goods. Just when you come to the house later. Yeah. And then on the ride home, your daughter calls you to ask you a question. And then in the background we hear your husband yeah. and then behind him we hear your son. The entire family. <laughs> <laughs> Monique's entire family called her, just be like, hey, big head, what you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I've kidnapped this mother from her family, and they're all low-key, kind of having separation some, some anxiety. And they asked you a question and then they didn't have any answers, and you were like, nah, I'm hanging with blue, I'm fine. You hung up, and then 10 minutes later, your daughter called you with a solution of her own. Mm-hmm. Because you weren't there to always be mom, mm-hmm. she had to she, figure it she out. She had to figure it out on her own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Monique, I just thought I was, I was. Kidnapping you to do ratchet shit on (laughs) on a Saturday night.
1: Ratchet shit, AKA home home goods. Look, okay,
0: getting drunk (laughs) and going home with the goods is as ratchet as it gets for me these days, okay? I thought we were just having shenanigans, but in a weird way, we're also teaching your daughter and your son and your husband Mm -hmm. how to like give you room to breathe. Yeah. And that's one of the things that your your good friends do. Like, no, Monique, like you deserve a couple of hours. It was like four hours. Yeah. We weren't even gone that long. I'm going to have you longer tonight because i about rather get drunk. That's but anyways, um, the question I wanted to say is like, we talked about how our mothers spoiled us, whether it's our matriarch of a grandmother or an auntie. They think if you spoil your child, your child will grow up feeling like they have everything. And what I believe is if you spoil your child, you're teaching them how to put everybody last because they're not going to mimic how you made them feel. They're going to mimic how you act. Mm-hmm. My mother put everybody first, mm-hmm. including me. Mm-hmm. Now I put everybody first. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just becoming her. Yeah. So like, no. what does selfish look like for you in a healthy way as a mother in particular?
1: I'm literally becoming my grandma. I just wanted to say this. We went on vacation, and as soon as I get there, I have to unload my suitcase into the drawers. Don't ask me why. It's what my grandma did. I'm literally becoming her.
0: Oh, girl, I bring Tupperware to the party and, and put
1: my Tupperware yeah. first before I eat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, she she definitely. Sorry, I just made me think about that. But um, what am I doing?
0: Oh, are you doing? Mm. Ooh. Am I? I you might need to do some work, friend. Yeah, I think I do. But I are, I do. are are you the kind of person who can say no? To who? To
1: anybody. That that's the thing to who. Oh, explain. Yeah. Like I feel like it's harder for me to say no to the people that I love than the people that I don't know. Or like who barely need something out of me you know like my family i it's harder for me to be like no
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and friends or people who aren't as close it's easier for me to say no
0: huh i think i think we're gonna have to sit with that when you come back on the show we're gonna talk about that because i I feel like you're saying that when the stakes are higher it's harder for you
1: yeah my grandma never said no Mm -hmm. right like she would she would say yes and talk shit though Mm -hmm. oh you know that she was very passive I love it. She, Is your
0: grandmother she, Latina by any chance? No, oh, okay. she was not. She, I, was
1: like, I, I don't know. She, this she, might be a she would thing. say yes, and then you know, twenty minutes later, well, you remember I did that for. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, girl. that's manipulative. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, I don't do that, but, Good. but I'm learning
0: how to. say Rhimes had a had a, and we're going to talk about her at some point when I have enough money to do have that conversation. But Shauna Rhimes had a book called The Year of Yes. I think we need to do a Year of No. What do you think to the audience a year of no? Can we get a clap for a year of no? Like nah, we were saying no because I I feel like we say yes by default. Yes. And, and, and one of the things I have learned, professionally speaking, because, you know, there's a, a weird thing being a coach, but also being a person. Right. Because there's, there's professional me who says all these amazing things with my clients. And then I, I, I go out and, and start dating mm-hmm. fuckboys and getting digmatized <laughs> and acting like I ain't got no sense. So professional me is not going to talk. Because regular blue does not listen to this. Professional me knows that when you are scared to say no, it's because deep down you're worried that if you are not agreeable, you are not be lovable. Yes. And so it's like, I'm going to say, yes, you can like me because I need to make sure that you still like me. Yes. And if I say no and you don't like me, then I won't think that I'm worthy. So it's not you being a nice person. It's you being insecure. Mm. There is so much confidence in a reasonable no. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because it means I fuck with you heavy and I love you, but nah. Yeah. And regardless of how you respond, I'm still dope as fuck your loss. Yeah. That takes practice. Yeah, yes, that's, that's beautiful. A Look at the audience. <laughs> yes. That takes practice. And I can't tell you how many times I've said no, and it's been a righteous, hearty no. And it made sense cerebrally. And the person responded in the way that was appropriate. Yeah. For two, three days afterwards, I'm still like, fuck, I said no. Am I sure she still likes me? Am I sure he still wants to be with me? Like, even though I'm doing the right thing, there's like the shadow work that happens where, my my neurosis is still telling me, no, Blue, she still loves you. It's okay. Right. You said no, and she was annoyed, but she still, like, I still have to talk myself down from feeling like I'm unlovable. And I think a lot of folks are not honest about how when they say, oh, I'm too nice, I'm too loving. I'm going to look into the camera again. For those of you watching on YouTube, <laughs> hint, hint, start watching us on YouTube. Um, there's no such thing as being too nice or too lovable. There's no such a thing as saying your heart is too big. That is a very self-aggrandizing way of giving yourself a, a backhanded compliment. Saying my heart's too big or I'm too lovable is a nice way of saying that you lack boundaries. Mm. You are not God. You just lack boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you have boundaries, you can be as nice as you want and everything would be Gucci. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, for me, my word of the year is, is, is uh, discipline and discernment. Discipline to do what I need to do even when I'm not inspired. Because mm-hmm. I'm smart and lazy, right? Most smart people I know are lazy. Because mm-hmm. y'all can study. I can cram for 20 minutes and still get the same grade. Right. That creates laziness. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that if my IQ was lower, I'd be I get further in life. I'd be a harder worker. I'm used to faking it and still doing a good job. So I want to be disciplined, and I also want to have the discernment to know when to share and when to keep shit to myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that I've unpacked, it, you see how I just did that. I want you to mimic mm-hmm. the same. What is your word and why?
1: Uh, my words are discipline, love, and discernment.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I feel like love yeah. is love is what discipline discernment create. is well, yeah. yes.
1: But self love is like the big Ooh, one for me this yeah. year. Self love. So those are the three words that I have written down in my notebook that Sarita gave me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So (laughs) we're
0: real friends, (laughs) (laughs) y'all.
1: But, yeah, those are my three words. Discipline, not just for how I treat people, but how I treat myself, whether it's food, working out, work, whatever it is. Discipline for that because, again, I I think I'm the same way where I can do something and be like, okay, I'm good, yep
0: but isn't it crazy how we have discipline for other people or external factors but not for ourselves Mm -hmm. i know i have so many friends who have crazy jobs where they have to wake up at 5 a.m and do this and do that and x y and z and take care of everybody and they do all these superhuman things but if they are gonna go on a diet or save up for a trip or do anything that's just for them suddenly Mm -hmm. they have no discipline yeah and a part of me is like oh, I just dragged myself on my shows. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's awkward. <laughs> I just described myself. <laughs> no, <laughs> oops. That just got awkward real quick. Life because Laugh about too fast when the rum is hitting. Um, but no, like, I think we have to recognize that the person that we have to impress the most is ourselves. Mm-hmm. If, if you can sleep at night and be okay, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about that I was going to ask Sarita about, but I got too short to ask, so I'm going to ask now that I'm sobering up. Mm. Um, a lot of times when we are watching uh, TV shows and programming, we see stuff like the Meg Thee case, mm-hmm. where a woman is saying that she was abused, assaulted, disrespected, X, Y, and Z, and everybody's telling, saying cap or attacking her, right? Mm-hmm. And why I find that so dangerous is we're telling women and people who are women adjacent. Because I feel right. like the reason why gay people get so much um, hatred is because being gay seems being feminine. So I tell my gay male friends all the time, you understand what it's like to deal with misogyny because it's the hatred of anything that's considered feminine that creates a lot of homophobia mm-hmm. because men are not seen as men when they're gay. Mm-hmm. And so as a woman who's in an industry where you, you are around a bunch of misogynists, let's be real. Let's be really honest, right?
1: Yeah. A
0: lot of y'all do not like women or anything that reminds you of women, which mm-hmm. is basically that's one trans women, things. cis yeah. women, and, and gays, pretty much.
1: That's why I got out the Navy. It was... Very. the misogyny is real it was too much
0: and the thing about the meg the stallion case that broke my heart was to see how hard people were working to find a way to justify hating a woman even though she was the victim mm-hmm. how do you deal with misogyny considering that you are constantly in rooms with powerful misogynists so really you happy i forgot to ask you that question huh <laughs> He's like, she's like, I'm happy. I'm Sarita? No, you're right. No, no, no. It's, this is your episode. It's yours or <laughs> hot potato. Your because, I, because I'm constantly having to realize, ooh, he's a misogynist pig, but I cannot afford to tell him that. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I'm I'm learning to. Because in D.C., I could just say, fuck you, you are, you're a misogynist. In L.A., I actually can't. Yeah, I
1: feel like I'm learning to as well. I know in the Navy, I could not and I got in a lot of trouble all the time oh. because I would you know it's always do as I say not as I do yep and it's n- majority was from men uh, with that are in power mm-hmm. um, their favorite thing to say was like do this or do that and then it'd be like you want to flip for it and they would cover their rank. Meaning they outranked me, so oh, I would have wow. to do Looks it. like
0: pulling your dick out. Yes, oh, so
1: wow. um, I would tell them either go fuck themselves or <laughs> wait, 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 wait wait, wait, wait Wait, I got <laughs> in a lot <laughs> of trouble,
0: honey. Yes, you're supposed
1: to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the answer. But they they wouldn't do it to me again because they know I'm not.
0: I think you're crazy. Yeah. Wait, wait. wait. I, I didn't think the story was going to go like that. I was sipping. I thought this was going to be a, a I, sweet story. I don't, I don't have a, no. You <laughs> For those who are wondering why this episode is called uh, PH Balanced Goons. <laughs> PH stands for pure hearted. Uh, goons stands for goons. Uh, Mona- <laughs> I think the more you talk, they're like, yeah, she's an Aries. Yeah. It's, it's making sense.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. I... Yeah. But I've learned, like, working at a law office, too, I've learned how to, like, be professional with your words in a yeah. professional setting. Um. So that taught me i'm so grateful for that because that taught me a lot per my last email yeah per my Mm -hmm. last email yeah so i feel like in this industry i am learning to be politically correct with people
0: Um, and that's especially with men but how do you politically correct and still set a boundary
1: you got any advice i don't
0: i do actually because yeah you have to think about it on hollywood unlocked i was the only woman that anybody could see for miles and miles as far as production right because yeah. even though there was a couple of girls who were working in an editorial my co-hosts were men um, a lot of people I was with, like everybody was a man so simple mm-hmm. things like hey we're gonna be on set and we're gonna be you know um, on a jet with Floyd Mayweather can somebody give me some makeup like yeah. they were like makeup because no, the men didn't need makeup right? right so I dealt in a space where everything that I asked that was reasonable for a woman was seen as me being difficult because there was no other woman around mm-hmm. and what I started doing is I would make a request and when they would treat me like I was wiling out I would let them finish and say, I just need to clarify that I'm making a reasonable request. Mm -hmm. So what is the issue with this reasonable request that I just made? Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, misogyny makes you feel like you are unreasonable. So now that I've reassured that I'm being reasonable, please clarify for me why reason is is offensive to you. Right child at a certain point they were like this bitch like <laughs> but the funny thing is me and jason are close now yeah because i think a part of him respected it he respected yeah. it he was like blue is not gonna wild out she's not gonna be overly dramatic and make things worse in fact when they were th- I, w- I could get into a fight with somebody and be on set you would never know it so i was being professional right but if i made a request it's because it was reasonable right so i think for me the cheat code is Whenever people act like I'm tripping, I remind everybody in the fucking room that I'm making a reasonable request So what's the real problem Mm -hmm. here. Are you annoyed that I have the free agency Mm to? That's between you and your God and your therapist. Mm -hmm.
1: I will say I feel like that has been the case for fighting for my daughter.
0: Mm. Even
1: with women as agents, um, not the agents we're with now, thank God, but the ones that we were with I felt like they treated my daughter and everything like she was like a second class model, but Mm. she's booking more than a lot of the white models were. Talk your shit. So, um, (laughs) you know, when she wasn't getting the kind of love and attention that these other models were getting and my daughter is... Putting your light, keeping your lights on, you can at Ooh. least come and come with respect when you're asking for things from wait,
0: her. Wait, she said my daughter's the reason you can eat this week. You might want to <laughs> take the bass out your voice, Monique. Yeah. If I ever need a manager, I'm gonna be like, "Are you want to it?" You know, yeah. you know what's so funny is like we're having this conversation. We've covered so many topics from d- interracial dating to misogyny to we've, what have we covered? We can basically do like figure out world peace if we sat on this podcast yeah, long enough. But I always want to end it with something nasty. Yes, can we yeah. get something nasty?
1: Freaky shit. Nasty. We always Freaking like to start with freaky
0: shit. Even the producer's clapping for something nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we often talk about how to keep shit sexy, even when you're in a long term relationship, or mm-hmm. just when you're somebody who's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything on your wish list as far as how you want to be more sexually empowered in 2023? No. Really?
1: I feel like, okay. So Have I, you left
0: your sexual body, be honest? Because a lot of women leave uh, their sexual body.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. But I will say, wait, hold on. Let me just say this. this like I said, this year is all about myself and finding uh-huh. self-love. And I feel like with that, I've already become this.
0: This word. This
1: like, I'm about to leave what you want to do.
0: Oh. I, I've, nice. I've already
1: kind of stepped into like this power of like this sexual being that I might have not been. Mm-hmm. But I, I am very sexual, but I, I stepped away from that for are a long time. Are you an
0: aggressor or are you more I, I'm submissive. not the
1: aggressor. I'm the submissive one. So since this new twenty twenty three me has started, uh-huh. I'm more of the aggressor. Nice. And that, that's kind of like the power that I've
0: What what do you think is a turn on for you as a woman? Be honest Taking control, I guess. Oh. That's
1: a turn on for me.
0: Really? Yeah. So you're a yeah. sub who wants to take control? That's called a verse, honey.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like <laughs> because name's I, for these things. I,
1: I, I take control everywhere else, like whether it's work or for like homeschooling. I'm, I'm literally taking care of everything else. So when it comes to that, I like to be
0: I I, I had a friend one time who she got on my goddamn nerves but maybe she was actually more brilliant than I realized she would always make a big deal about what kind of panties and underwear she would wear she'd make a big deal about her baths and her lotion routines and I was like girl why is this taking you two hours come out the bathroom I gotta pee (laughs) what I realized was she was loving on herself so sensually that she was already aroused by the time she like left Mm. the bathroom and was mm-hmm. going on her dates, mm-hmm. and that sexual energy carried kind over. of like carried over to yeah. the person that she was with. Yeah. And so a lot of times we, in D.C. back in my my gay days, you know, hair flip, there was a thing called lesbian bed death. Yes, honey. So basically, what is that? The gays would like just talk to each other too much and like buy cats and forget to fuck. It was like a thing, right? So <laughs> lesbian... Buy bed...
1: cats and forget to <laughs> fuck. No,
0: anybody... I'm, I'm not being problematic, maybe a little bit, but like lesbian bed death is a real thing, but yeah. I think even straight couples have a lesbian bed death where... Yeah. You become roommates and best buddies, but I ain't seen your wobbly bits in three months. That,
1: that happens all. I think has with it. marriage, like you, you go in and out of waves, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, best friend, <laughs> why are we laying here every night, key key until we go to sleep? But sometimes for me, that that satisfies me just as much.
0: You okay? So we're gonna we have to end soon, but I'm gonna say this. Um, I'm a Gemini life. rising. For those of you who don't know about astrology, because this podcast talks about astrology What's my a lot. Rising? A Gemini. How are you gonna ask me what your rising is? Because <laughs> we went over it yesterday. I oh, forgot. I think the Pisces. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, right. a, you're yeah. Pisces rising. Yeah, yeah. Gemini rising means I'm a reliable flight risk, which means I will love you and adorn you, but if we're not fucking, I might leave you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. And and I, and here's the thing: I've gotten into several relationships where people like that's so shallow. I was like, it's not shallow for me to know what I need. Right. And so for me, I think I'm recognizing with a lot of my female friends who are in long-term relationships, a lot of them allow themselves not to be sexually affirmed. Mm-hmm. And then they feel like, they're like, why am I so emotional? And this sounds so misogynistic. But that old fucked up narrative that some men said back in the day, a broken clock is right twice a day. Ladies, some of you just need to get fucked. Facts. Am I allowed to say that on camera? Waste my show. I can say whatever I want. I think a lot of us need to be honest that we have all this tension in our bodies mm-hmm. and we go to therapy mm-hmm. and we have self-care, hashtag self-care and, you thing. know, we go shopping with our homegirls and spend money on clothes that we from fast fashion places. So you got $1,000 worth of clothes from Fashion Nova, yay. We do all these things. We go on girls trips to Miami and the whole time you just needed to get fucked.
1: That's how I know. Like when him and I are fighting nonstop and we go to bed laughing Ooh, and then- going? I'm saying, and then I get to this space where I'm like, what the, f- what's wrong with me? And I'm like, fucking? Oh, I haven't had dick in a
0: while. Yeah, I like that, uh, yeah. okay, okay, Sometimes come Sometimes you here. just need just to come get come here, just, yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. People are going to be like, Blue, you are an emotional intelligence coach. You're a, you're an activist. <laughs> that could be advice. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah. Like, I think we've gotten so smart that we've thrown out all the things that actually do make sense. Mm-hmm. Our grandmas weren't wrong about everything. Mm-mm. Okay? There's some things that are old school that actually still make sense. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching people be so clever that they're avoiding the obvious. Mm-hmm. So our message for... We have to wrap up the show, guys, because I know it went by quickly. Our message for this show is... Uh, be selfish in a healthy way. Yes. Put yourself first so that you can take care of those you love. Yes. Um, Make sure that you're setting boundaries and not telling yourself that your heart's just too big. That's cap.
1: And get digged down
0: every once in a while. Get fucked. Right? In the best way possible. Um, <laughs> That concludes our show for today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, people gonna be like, "What is going on with you?" <laughs> y'all told me y'all wanted weekly episodes and blew up my DMs. This is what y'all gonna get. Okay, this is how I'm on a weekly basis. <laughs> um, I can't sound like Maya Angelou every goddamn time. All right, so guys, thank you for watching this show. As usual, my name is uh, Blue. You can find me at Blue Monique. Where can they find you, Love? Uh, Monique Nevels
1: Oh, that's really your, your that's handle? My, that's my Instagram. Oh, yeah. that's
0: easy to find. It's super easy. And also make sure that if you want to get bonus content um, or anything else that we have coming up, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com backslash bluecentric. Um, Monique, you're going to have to come back. Yes, I love to. I feel like the next time you come back, I want you and Sarita and maybe somebody else to come <gasps> back and have like a girls night. Ooh, that'll be fun. We could do it in our PJs. That'll be fun. We recently had a pajama party. Are it we going to match? Fun. Are we going to match?
1: Can we match? Can we match? You but wanna... like different colors, like the same but different? We'll Destiny's
0: cousin for real. Can we? Okay, we're going to have matching PJs, y'all, because apparently that's how it's like. <laughs> I'm used to having male friends. Some, I'm still getting used to the shit that happens when you have female friends. Okay, the girls want to wear matching PJs, okay? That's fine. You can be Beyonce, I'll be Latavia. It's okay. Listen, all right, guys, I'll be thank Michelle. You, thank you for I'll watching be- the show. And as always, please remember that we're all just human beings doing human shit. Please be kind to yourself. Until next week, bye. Yay! Electric app. Tricast.